0: Welcome to Challenge Accepted. I'm your host, Stephanie Lucas, a marriage and family therapist by trade and mom to a daughter with hearing loss. I'm creating a space for parents and caregivers of special needs families to find support, validation and acceptance by sharing stories of a broad range of families with unique challenges. While this isn't therapy and does not replace the advice of a medical provider, we'll dive into the tougher parts of parenting together and join a team of support from others who get it. This next half hour is about you. Your experiences, your emotions, and being allowed to take up space as a parent and human being. So hands in, ears on, hearts open team, this is challenge accepted. Mini so 3, trusting my providers. I wasn't sure where this topic would fall in the timeline of the podcast. In terms of telling our story, we're still early. But truth be told i could have written about medical mistrust long before i had babies so perhaps early on is important as well my last guest krista talked about her own struggle trusting doctors to recognize what was going on with her kiddos and the personal work it took for her to learn to appropriately advocate and it struck a chord with me i may get a little ranty here for a minute or two but it's building to a point that is so, so important for medical needs families and all parents to pay attention to. So I hope you'll give me some grace. First, there are a few things to know about me as a person that contribute to this ongoing difficulty with medical providers on a personal level. I have struggled with a needle phobia for all of my pre-motherhood portion of my life. I could blab to you about that for an hour, but for the purpose of this reflection, I'll just say... There was often a big to-do for me at doctor's offices, and judgments from providers that felt extremely isolating and minimized what was a huge mental health issue for me. I have not always been the most assertive person. For decades, my perspective on doctors was, don't cause a fuss, they're the experts, and disagreeing with people in general was a no-no. Imagine how powerless this might feel when you are seeking help for your health and well-being. Don't disagree, they're the experts. Third, I am an HSP, a highly sensitive person. I can read the room backwards and forwards, so you may not say to me that your third question crossed your patient's threshold, but I could see it in your face in a split second. When others emote, I feel it in my bones, and when it has to do with me, my system goes on red alert. Lastly, I'm a mental health professional. This shakes out a couple of ways. First, is that I know there are a lot of emotions in the room when people visit the doctor, and I routinely see them flat out ignored, minimized, or even criticized. As a professional, this is just painful to watch, and I know the impact that it truly makes on the medical care provided. The second is that we are taught that the client is the expert in their own story. We dig to understand. We ask questions, and we listen carefully to the answer. We honor their intuition as valuable information in their personal transformation. This is in direct opposition to the medical model of doctor as expert that many medical professionals operate under. Systemically, there are also a few problematic patterns that are prominent across the board. First and foremost, many doctors, but not all, tend to act rushed, disinterested, blunt, and at times quite abrasive. Their bedside manner is often atrocious and leaves you feeling as though your body, your most precious possession, has been examined and tossed aside like a shiny object found disinteresting, as if they are pronouncing, oh, it's just dermatitis, use a salve, next. Second, it is not surprising to me anymore when I have to remind a doctor what is inside my own chart. Oh no, we talked about that last time and you said this. Actually, we got that test last year and decided not to go that direction. Remember? Or my favorite. I actually have a phobia of needles, so I'll need some extra support around that intervention. They do not know me and are rarely interested in doing so. I mean, I get it. Doctors are charged with seeing hundreds of clients a week rushed through charts, and annoyingly complex documentation systems in order to meet their quotas. I won't sit back and blame this on each individual disinterested doctor. It's a systemic problem, which is why this medical mistrust issue is rampant and non-compliance with medical advice is at something like 30 to 50%. The Western medical model is structured to wait until there is a problem, fix the problem with medications, Send the problem home until it's a problem again. It neglects the whole person in a profound and troubling way, and the most skeptical of skeptics will say that it is powered by funding from pharmaceutical companies who profit from this methodology and insurance companies who profit from reduced treatments. Let me tell you a piece of Riley's story from the early days that exemplifies well what I mean. Once we had made it through the gauntlet of tests and Riley had an official diagnosis of single sided deafness, we were told the best intervention was to order a bone anchored hearing aid. This is a hearing aid that uses vibration to transmit sound to the cochlea. For single sided deaf kids like Riley, it does this from the deaf side to the hearing side. Our provider handed us a pamphlet, we filled out an order form, and we were told it would be 10 to 12 weeks. Two things happened for us during those 10 to 12 weeks aside from a lot of anxious waiting and anticipation. The first is that we had a family trip planned that happened to be near the State Children's Hospital, so we had scheduled a second opinion appointment just because it was available, and I wanted to make sure we were doing everything we could for Riley. The appointment was amazing. I highly recommend it if you're on the fence. We asked a lot of questions and even discussed whether she would be a candidate for a cochlear implant, even though she was fully hearing on her right side at the time. The second thing that happened was that I took to the internet to understand how Bajas worked and find other moms who were navigating this experience. From that information, I learned that there were more than one brand of Baja that was presented to us and already ordered by our provider, and that many moms preferred the other brand for reasons that did feel important to me for Riley. This was confusing and frustrating for me, as I didn't understand why we weren't given that option. The 12 weeks were finally up, and we went in for Riley's scheduled three-month check on her hearing ear and to receive our new Baja. I was nervous. Riley getting a medical device I'd have to manage, explain, maintain, and fuss over daily was one of the hardest parts of the whole thing for me, so it felt like a big moment. The audiologist took us back and explained the plan for our appointment and didn't mention the Baja. Has it come in, I asked, my heart pounding through my chest. Oh, she paused. No, I spoke to the specialist at the children's hospital and she said you were considering a cochlear implant, so I canceled the order. I almost cried. Actually, I did cry once we had left the office. I was heartbroken. No concrete plan had been made to move forward with the CI and no one had asked me whether we wanted to cancel our order. Her sorry felt mediocre at best. Now flashback to what you know about me, some difficulty with assertiveness, avoidance of disagreement with providers, and you know that my mind was racing for the next hour to find the words to best advocate for my daughter. The shining moment from all of this was that we were able to order the brand of Baja that I had discovered in my personal research instead, and it arrived after another 12 weeks. But I still hold mistrust with that provider from that moment. And it impacts our relationship to this day. Some of you, I'd venture to guess many of you, could tell me a story or two about a time you felt betrayed by the medical community. Sometimes we were able to heal from these moments and move forward to find treatment that helps us. Sometimes we are deeply scarred, and our future behaviors of seeking medical care, trusting providers, and willingness to try interventions is impacted for life. So here's the big lesson I promised at the beginning. This topic, our personal experiences with the medical community, is an imperative piece of work for medical needs parents. It is perhaps the largest stumbling block to our ability to advocate for our kiddos the best we can. If left unattended, it will get in our way over and over again. If unacknowledged, it can lead to the continual buildup of traumas, avoidance, and undertreatment. I had to learn how to tell doctors no. I had to learn to disagree, ask more questions, and say what I was thinking, even if I was afraid it was wrong. And you know what? Thank God that work started six years before Riley ever came to be. Back with that needle phobia that I set my mind to overcome before I had my first baby so I could be fully mentally present for my birth experience. It is deep and challenging personal work that had wide roots in my life, And with the help of my therapist, I've done a lot of hard work to pull it out. So let this be your moment of empowerment if the stories above are touching home for you. Set your mind to look inward, find help, and overcome some of those fears and frustrations so you can show up for your family and your kiddo with your full power. And as always, know I'm on your team. I'm so thankful you found this space for supporting yourself and your family's well-being. I wanted to let you know about a few other products I've created to help you in your journey. The first is a card game that I've played with kids in the therapy office a ton. It is designed to increase skills in emotional identification, theory of mind, and empathy, which I know can be really tough concepts to teach. Check it out at why They Do That on Instagram or WhyTheyDoThatGame.com. The second is something new that I'm really excited about. I've designed a workshop to use interventions that I use a lot with mamas in the room to create a self-guided experience for moms who struggle with feeling like they can't get it right, are always failing at something, or can never measure up as a mom. It's a mindset reboot called Smotherhood Untangled, and I'll be launching on September 22nd, 2022. Hop on over to my Instagram or sign up for my emails to stay up to date and snag your spot. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. I hope it was inspiring and encouraging for you and your journey. If you enjoyed it, I love it if you could share it with your friend, subscribe for future content, and leave us a five-star review. This will help us grow our reach so others can join our community of support. If you would like to share your unique story with the Challenge Accepted community, feel free to reach out to me on social media, Stephanie Lucas MFT, on Instagram or Facebook. Thanks for being a part of our team.